Blog Talk Radio. Hello, folks. Back again for my audio blog here to discuss the ongoing journey of having a loved one in assisted living or hospice. As you know from if you've listened to my earlier blogs, it's quite a journey. And, you know, one of the reasons I wanted to, to do this blog <clears throat> was that uh, I had the experience with a friend of mine who, I mean, I've been walking, I, it's my work as a patient advocate, I often deal with issues around nursing homes, this is a living, hospice, you know, family, family issues. And <clears throat> when it happened to me, I became intimately involved. And then recently, a, a very dear friend of mine, uh, his mother, uh, ended up, had a fall. She was in the 90s, had a fall, ended up in a skilled nursing facility for rehab and hasn't really recovered very well. And just watching him, I realized what happens when you enter this world. It's it's like you're wide-eyed and bushy-tailed. You have no idea what you're up against. And, you know, you're, uh, your first you're for, it's a real learning curve too. You never know what what's going to hit you, and you know, as someone who's seasoned through the work that I do, and then with my mother, I want to just say, well, this is what you need to do. You need to do, but you can't really do that. You have to help people look at different aspects and see what they can do because the first mistake that everybody makes is that the facility and you are a team. Well, you're not really a team. It's not that your adversaries but you are only a team in a sense that you have to make sure that they're doing what they're supposed to do. And that because their interest is for the institution and all the other residents or patients that are in the facility at that time, and they're not 100% focused on your loved one. And so, so my friend found himself having to, you know, contact the doctors himself to get to get done what needs to be done for his mother. And so my point with all of this is that it really is a learning curve. And if you have, you know, to get advice, if you have someone you know who's done it or has walked with it or is, is an expert in the area, uh, talk to them because there are little quirks and little things that you can do to alleviate some of the 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 learn to minimize the learning curve and get support. Uh, there are lots of organizations out there on aging. Uh, if you have a geriatric care manager or a patient advocate, you can go on the web and and look that up. I mean, I'm here, Healthcare Whisperer, and that's what I do. But it's really good to get advice uh, because you there are legal aspects, uh, there are medical aspects, and there are patients' rights. So yesterday I was thinking, okay, I was just, well, actually, I was thinking I was on my bike, and I, well, I love to ride my bike because it allows me to think clearly. You know, my 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 blood's flowing, my brain's working. You know, the sun's, I can, the clouds, I can look at the clouds, I can go by the water, I can feel good, and my energy is up. And I was thinking, I had this thought that. Assisted living is, you know, is actually like, I mean, really what you're doing is, it's like living in a hotel, but not the best hotel. I'd say like maybe a two or three star hotel. 
I mean, you're paying all this money. I mean, where else do you pay? Like we, you know, throughout our lives, perhaps we, you've had the experience of of renting an apartment or or uh, or or paying a mortgage. You know, you it's like when you rent an apartment, you have you're paying a certain amount of money and you're getting a certain amount of things. Or when you have a mortgage, you bought you own the house. When you in assisted living is somewhat supposed to be like that, especially in those retirement uh, places where you, you, you pay a whole lot of money uh, to buy in and then you're supposed to, you know, this is your apartment and, 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 and you pay a, a monthly fee and then you if, you if you need more help, you go to assisted living and if you're at the end of your life, you go to the nursing home so they can care for you. But the, what's got me scratching my head after walking this with my mother is that you really don't have the same kind of rights or this it's not the same kind of situation as you do when you're actually renting or owning or paying mortgage owning a house there's something about the regulations because really although for independent and and assisted living the state regulations are very loose but they're there and so you don't the problem is, is that you don't really have as much say in your environment. I mean, when you when you have a landlord, I mean, yeah, they provide maintenance, and if you have a problem, the maintenance people will come and help you. Mostly, I mean, in the in the more three and a half, four star places, uh, which cost a lot more money, uh, you can, you get you know they probably respond quicker. But you don't have the same kind of rights. I mean, like you bought this, but you don't really own the place. You can't really will it to your children. Although I think there are, no, I don't think there are anything like that. Some of them give back the money and some of them don't. And that's something you need to look into, look at. But really, you know, you have so little say in the food. I mean, you can eat in your house when you want. A lot of people do. But part of the deal is you get one meal in the dining room. But the food is institutional. And you don't have much say in what's you know, what's going to be there. Yeah, they have counseling and stuff, but it really struck me that my mother is like, it's almost like being in a hotel that provides three meals a day. And I was thinking about that. I broke it down for the amount of money that she pays per month. And it's, um, it's you know, she pays about 135 a day. And it's like, you know, a three-star hotel, you know, and in Santa Fe where she is. Uh, some of the hotels with the discount and the relationship with the institution, that's, you know, even the nice ones. You know, I uh, my brother recently paid 75 with the discount because the relationship with the facility, uh, it was it was a, a three-star. I mean, it was, it was good for him. It worked for him. But, you know, and the one across the street, which is a five-star with a spa, no, it's a four-star because I don't have a pool. Uh, that's, you know, with the discount is like 100 and. 75. So, so you're, you know, it is like a hotel, but you don't have any of the, 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 um, you don't have any, any of the, of, of the perks of a hotel. You know, you don't have a concierge and you don't have a room service. Well, you can ask for stuff. They have a deli, but you have to go down, you have to sign, you know, but, uh, you know, and they, you know, they have maid service, sort of. You know, they come twice a week or clean. You know, they empty your garbage. But it really struck me. Here we are. It really is like a hotel. 
a high-class hotel and an overpriced hotel for what you're getting. And and that's the part that really got me is that it is overpriced. And how did we get to these prices for these hotels? I mean, even in a place like Santa Fe, a one-room, a one-room, a studio, really what my mother has is a studio room and assisted living. Uh, and it's more expensive. Let's put it it's more expensive than when she had her apartment, which was a two. She had this beautiful apartment in the independent area with one bedroom, beautiful kitchen, a living room, and an extended like TV room that was very, it was all very open. It looked out on the courtyard, and it was cheaper than her her studio apartment. So if we break it down. You know, she's paying more for a studio apartment. And where in, where would you pay that much money? I mean, she's paying over almost $4,000 a month for a, with the idea that she gets her meals, uh, three meals now a day, and she, and the, supposedly they have more care. And that's what you're paying for. I don't think so. I mean, it doesn't make any sense, the cost. The cost is so... Really, it's about the profit. All the, you know, assisted living and nursing homes are about profit. So you have to really look at what you're getting when you when you sign up for these places. And there isn't, you know, the rallies, there isn't much option. There isn't much option, and it's costly, and it's expensive. And you have to have saved money. Luckily, my mother, uh, my father, my father saved money for her. But a lot of people just can't afford this life. And you know, it, it it makes me scratch my head. What are we going to do as a as a society to provide for people? How can how? I mean, it's crazy. So anyway, I, I should start calling this uh, my mother's. The name of my mother's place is El Castillo. You know, which means the castle. I'm going to call it Hotel El Castillo because that's really what it is. It it, it should be actually Motel El Castillo. <laughs> anyway. Um, so, so yesterday was sort of a good day for me because my mother, I didn't get any calls, although as I was starting my blog today, my, I, I saw that there was a call coming in from my mother's caregiver, which I'll have to pick up as I'm done with this. And I'm like, you know, it, it's like, I have to not let myself get triggered. And I think that's what happens to a lot of people when they're in the same situation. But yesterday was a good day. It doesn't mean nothing happened. I just know I didn't get any calls. You know, sometimes things are in a holding pattern, or my, or they just haven't called me. That's the other thing I discovered. They, they just somebody hasn't called me. I, uh, my mother's caregiver, which you know, I uh, really advise. One thing I advise, if you have the funds, even if you have someone coming in two to three days, you have to have your own team. You have to have a team of people, uh, a team of people who are your eyes and ears. Otherwise, you. You're only getting a skewed view. You need more information. Even if you're visiting, you you that's an important view. But you need someone else. So I have I have a lot of people in place. I have my, my a caregiver who visited my mother before she had the stroke, uh, who used to drive her around, take her places, and they, they really liked each other. And she stayed on, and she comes five days a week now for two to three hours. And you know she's really good because she'll stop by at night. She lives nearby and. You know, she doesn't really charge. She just loves my mother. And so that, but but her eyes are really important to me, and she can tell me exactly what's going on, and my mother talks to her. And then there's my geriatric caregiver, which also uh, is my eyes. So you need your team. You need people who are, 
are devoted are are there for your loved one and will give you their side of the story because there are always two sides of the story no matter what no matter what's going on there's always another side and the institution or the facility is always going to see it through policy procedures and their their desire and their needs and you're going to see it through your you know your love and your needs for your loved ones so they're two sides but they're not necessarily adversarial you know, I said I was going to talk about hospice and death and dying this time, and I kind of got off on this other, you know, so I I, I want to, I, I'm going to start today and continue it tomorrow on my next blog, and I promise I'm only going to talk about my my mother, about death and dying, because I think that's a critical point about uh, when when you face this. It's, it's, it's one of those issues that you're going to face with someone who's chronically ill and a parent who's aging and, you know, death. That takes us all at some point. But one thing that I want to recommend to everyone is that, I mean, there are things you need to have in place uh, to make sure because it'll make life smoother for you. And those things are healthcare proxy and power of attorney. And and in that way, when I brought on hospice, it was smooth sailing. And my experience with my mother when she had a stroke, we had everything in place, so it was smooth sailing. I didn't have to do, I didn't have any of those glitches. So my point yeah, at the end of this blog today, I'm going to talk that it's about hospice. And I promise tomorrow I'll talk about hospice and about death and dying because hospice is really a good hospice. Unfortunately, a lot of hospices have been brought up by uh, corporations. I know back east, um, the the big player in the game now is partners and, um, and partners has so bought so many hospices and it's really changed the face of the hospice because they've become very big broad and uh they're part of a co- part of a corporation the one that i'm using is not is, is independent and is its own entity and it's really wonderful and hospices and there's also something called palliative care and we're going to i'm going to again i'm going to talk about that tomorrow I'm going to spend the whole time just talking, I promise, about hospice. And there, um, I think I'm going to end this blog because uh, I've got this message on my phone from my mother's caregiver, and who knows? Interesting. I'll certainly talk about it tomorrow. And uh, talk to you tomorrow. Bye.